0: Chapter Thirteen, Part One of Salambo by Gustave Flaubert. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Thirteen, Part One, Moloch. The barbarians had no need of a circumvallation on the side of Africa, for it was theirs. But to facilitate the approach to the walls, the entrenchments bordering the ditch were thrown down matho next divided the army into great semicircles so as to encompass carthage the better the hoplites of the mercenaries were placed in the first rank and behind them the slingers and horsemen quite at the back were the baggage chariots and horses and the engines bristled in front of this throng at a distance of three hundred paces from the towers amid the infinite variety of their nomenclature which changed several times in the course of the centuries these machines might be reduced to two systems some acted like slings and the rest like bows the first which were the catapults were composed of a square frame with two vertical uprights and a horizontal bar in its interior portion was a cylinder furnished with cables which held back a great beam bearing a spoon for the reception of projectiles its base was caught in a skein of twisted thread and when the ropes were let go it sprang up and struck against the bar which checking it with a shock multiplied its power the second presented a more complicated mechanism. A cross-bar had its centre fixed on a little pillar, and from this point of junction, there branched off at right angles a sort of channel. Two caps containing twists of horsehair stood at the extremities of the crossbar. Two small beams were fastened to them to hold the extremities of a rope which was brought to the bottom of the channel upon a tablet of bronze this metal plate was released by a spring and sliding in grooves impelled the arrows the catapults were likewise called onagers after the wild asses which fling up stones with their feet and the ballista's scorpions on account of a hook which stood upon the tablet and being lowered by a blow of the fist released the spring their construction required learned calculations the wood selected had to be of the hardest substance and their gearing all of brass they were stretched with levers tackle-blocks, capstans, and tympanums. The direction of the shooting was changed by means of strong pivots. They were moved forward on cylinders, and the most considerable of them, which were brought piece by piece, were set up in front of the enemy. Spendius arranged three great catapults opposite the three principal angles, he placed a ram before every gate a ballista before every tower while carabalistas were to move about in the rear but it was necessary to protect them against the fire thrown by the besieged and first of all to fill up the trench which separated them from the walls they pushed forward galleries formed of hurdles of green reeds and oaken semicircles like enormous shields gliding on three wheels the workers were sheltered in little huts covered with raw hides and stuffed with rack the catapults and ballistas were protected by rope curtains which had been steeped in vinegar to render them incombustible the women and children went to procure stones on the strand and gathered earth with their hands, and brought it to the soldiers. The Carthaginians also made preparations. Hamilcar had speedily reassured them by declaring that there was enough water left in the cisterns for one hundred and twenty-three days. This assertion, together with his presence, and above all that of the zaimph among them gave them good hopes carthage recovered from its dejection those who were not of chanaitish origin were carried away by the passion of the rest the slaves were armed the arsenals were emptied and every citizen had his own post and his own employment Twelve hundred of the fugitives had survived, and the suffet made them all captains, and carpenters, armourers, blacksmiths, and goldsmiths, were entrusted with the engines. The Carthaginians had kept a few in spite of the conditions of the peace with Rome. These were repaired, they understood such work the two northern and eastern sides being protected by the sea and the gulf remained inaccessible on the wall fronting the barbarians they collected tree trunks millstones vases filled with sulphur and vats filled with oil and built furnaces stones were heaped up on the platforms of the towers and the houses bordering immediately on the rampart were crammed with sand in order to strengthen it and increased its thickness the barbarians grew angry at the sight of these preparations they wished to fight at once the weights which they put into the catapults were so extravagantly heavy that the beams broke and the attack was delayed at last on the thirteenth day of the month of shabar at sunrise a great blow was heard at the gate of Carmon seventy-five soldiers were pulling at ropes arranged at the base of a gigantic beam which was suspended horizontally by chains hanging from a framework and which terminated in a ram's head of pure brass it had been swathed in ox hides it was bound at intervals with iron bracelets it was thrice as thick as a man's body one hundred and twenty cubits long and under the crowd of naked arms pushing it forward and drawing it back it moved to and fro with a regular oscillation the other rams before the other gates began to be in motion men might be seen mounting from step to step in the hollow wheels of the tympanums the pulleys and caps grated the rope curtains were lowered and showers of stones and showers of arrows poured forth simultaneously all the scattered slingers ran up some approached the rampart hiding pots of resin under their shields then they would hurl these with all their might this hail of bullets darts and flames passed above the first ranks in the form of a curve which fell behind the walls but long cranes used for masting vessels were reared on the summit of the ramparts and from them there descended some of these enormous pincers which terminated in two semicircles toothed on the inside they bit the rams the soldiers clung to the beam and drew it back the carthaginians hauled in order to pull it up and the action was prolonged until the evening when the mercenaries resumed their tasks on the following day the tops of the walls were completely carpeted with bales of cotton sails and cushions the battlements were stopped up with mats and a line of forks and blades fixed upon sticks might be distinguished among the cranes of the rampart a furious resistance immediately began trunks of trees fastened to cables fell and rose alternately and battered the rams cramps hurled by the ballistas tore away the roofs of the huts and streams of flints and pebbles poured from the platforms of the towers at last the rams broke the gates of Carmon and tagaste but the carthaginians had piled up such an abundance of materials on the inside that the leaves did not open they remained standing then they drove augers against the walls these were applied to the joints of the blocks so as to detach the latter the engines were better managed the men serving them were divided into squads and they were worked from morning till evening without interruption and with the monotonous precision of a weaver's loom spendius returned to them untiringly it was he who stretched the skeins of the ballistas in order that the twin tangents might completely correspond the ropes as they were tightened were struck on the right and left alternately until both sides gave out an equal sound spendius would mount upon the timbers he would strike the ropes softly with the extremity of his foot and strain his ears like a musician tuning a lyre then when the beam of the catapult rose when the pillar of the ballista trembled with the shock of the spring when the stones were shooting in rays, and the darts pouring in streams, he would incline his whole body, and fling his arms into the air, as though to follow them. The soldiers admired his skill and executed his commands. In the gaiety of their work, they gave utterance to jests on the names of the machines. Thus the pliers for seizing the rams were called wolves and the galleries were covered with vines they were lambs or they were going to gather the grapes as they loaded their pieces they would say to the onagers come pick well and to the scorpions pierce them to the heart these jokes which were ever the same Kept up their courage, nevertheless, the machines did not demolish the rampart. It was formed of two walls and was completely filled with earth. The upper portions were beaten down, but each time the besieged raised them again, Mato ordered the construction of wooden towers, which should be as high as the towers of stone. They cast turf stakes pebbles and chariots with their wheels into the trench so as to fill it up the more quickly but before this was accomplished the immense throng of the barbarians undulated over the plain with a single movement and came beating against the foot of the walls like an overflowing sea they moved forward the rope ladders straight ladders and sambucas the latter consisting of two poles from which a series of bamboos terminating in a movable bridge were lowered by means of tackling they formed numerous straight lines resting against the wall and the mercenaries mounted them in files holding their weapons in their hands not a carthaginian showed himself already two-thirds of the rampart had been covered then the battlements opened vomiting flames and smoke like dragon jaws the sand scattered and entered the joints of their armour the petroleum fastened on their garments the liquid lead hopped on their helmets and made holes in their flesh a rain of sparks splashed against their faces and eyeless orbits seemed to weep tears as big as almonds there were men all yellow with oil with their hair in flames they began to run and set fire to the rest they were extinguished in mantles steeped in blood which were thrown from a distance over their faces some who had no wounds remained motionless stiffer than snakes their mouths open and their arms outspread the assault was renewed for several days in succession the mercenaries hoping to triumph by extraordinary energy and audacity sometimes a man raised on the shoulders of another would drive a pin between the stones and then making use of it as a step to reach further would place a second and a third, and, protected by the edge of the battlements, which stood out from the wall, they would gradually raise themselves in this way, but on reaching a certain height they always fell back again. The great trench was full to overflowing, the wounded were massed pell-mell with the dead and dying beneath the footsteps of the living calcined trunks formed black spots amid opened entrails scattered brains and pools of blood and arms and legs projecting half-way out of a heap would stand straight up like a props in a burning vineyard the ladders proving insufficient the tolinos were brought into requisition instruments consisting of a long beam set traversely upon another and bearing at its extremity a quadrangular basket which would hold thirty-foot soldiers with their weapons matho wished to ascend in the first that was ready spendius stopped him some men bent over a capstan the great beam rose became horizontal reared itself almost vertically and being overweight at the end bent like a huge reed the soldiers who were crowded together were hidden up to their chins only their helmet plumes could be seen at last when it was twenty cubits high in the air it turned several times to the right and to the left and then was depressed and like a giant arm holding a cohort of pygmies in its hand it laid the basket full of men upon the edge of the wall they leaped into the crowd and never returned all the other tolinos were speedily made ready but a hundred times as many would have been needed for the capture of the town they were utilized in a murderous fashion ethiopian archers were placed in the baskets then the cables having been fastened they remained suspended and shot poisoned arrows the fifty tolinos commanding the battlements thus surrounded carthage like monstrous vultures and the negroes laughed to see the guards on the ramparts dying in grievous convulsions hamilcar sent hoplites to these posts and every morning made them drink the juice of certain herbs which protected them against the poison one evening when it was dark he embarked the best of his soldiers on lighters and planks and turning to the right of the harbour, disembarked on the Taenia. Then he advanced to the first lines of the barbarians, and taking them in flank, made a great slaughter. Men hanging to ropes would descend at night from the top of the wall, with torches in their hands, burn the works of the mercenaries, and then mount up again. was exasperated every obstacle strengthened his wrath which led him into terrible extravagances he mentally summoned salambo to an interview then he waited she did not come this seemed to him like a fresh piece of treachery and henceforth he execrated her if he had seen her corpse he would perhaps have gone away he doubled the outposts he planted forks at the foot of the rampart he drove calchops into the ground and he commanded the libyans to bring him a whole forest that he might set it on fire and burn carthage like a den of foxes spendius went on obstinately with the siege he sought to invent terrible machines such as had never before been constructed the other barbarians encamped at a distance on the isthmus, were amazed at these delays they murmured and they were let loose then they rushed with their cutlasses and javelins and beat against the gates with them but the nakedness of their bodies facilitating the infliction of wounds the carthaginians massacred them freely and the mercenaries rejoiced at it no doubt through jealousy about the plunder hence there resulted quarrels and combats between them then the country having been ravaged provisions were soon scarce they grew disheartened numerous hordes went away but the crowd was so great that the loss was not apparent the best of them tried to dig mines but the earth being badly supported fell in they began again in other places but hamilcar always guessed the direction that they were taking by holding his ear against a bronze shield he bored countermines beneath the path along which the wooden towers were to move, and when they were pushed forward, they sank into the holes. At last, all recognised that the town was impregnable unless a long terrace was raised to the same height as the walls, so as to enable them to fight on the same level the top of it should be paved so that the machines might be rolled along then carthage would find it quite impossible to resist the town was beginning to suffer from thirst the water which was worth two kissitas, the bath at the opening of the siege was now sold for a shekel of silver the stores of meat and corn were also becoming exhausted there was a dread of famine and some even began to speak of useless mouths which terrified every one from the square of Carmon to the temple of melkarth the streets were cumbered with corpses and as it was the end of summer the combatants were annoyed by the great black flies old men carried off the wounded and the devout continued the fictitious funerals for their relatives and friends who had died far away during the war waxen statues with clothes and hair were displayed across the gates they melted in the heat of the tapers burning beside them the paint flowed down upon their shoulders and tears streamed over the faces of the living as they chanted mournful songs beside them the crowd meanwhile ran to and fro armed bands passed captains shouted orders while the shocks of the rams beating against the rampart was constantly heard the temperature became so heavy that the bodies swelled and would no longer fit into the coffins they were burned in the centre of the courts but the fires being too much confined kindled the neighbouring walls and long flames suddenly burst from the houses like blood spurting from an artery thus moloch was in possession of carthage he clasped the ramparts he rolled through the streets he devoured the very corpses men wearing cloaks made of collected rags in token of despair stationed themselves in the corners of the crossways they declaimed against the ancients and against hamilcar predicted complete ruin to the people, and invited them to universal destruction and license. The most dangerous were the henbane-drinkers. In their crisis, they believed themselves wild beasts, and leaped upon the passers-by to rend them. Mobs formed around them, and the defence of Carthage was forgotten the suffet devised the payment of others to support his policy chapter thirteen part one